Why does one choose to turn down two acceptance into medical school? How does personal growth impact applying to medical school? What is urge surfing? And what are the pros and cons of the Early Decision Program, or EDP? Today on Talking Missions and Med Student Life, I interview Colin, a first-year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I have a fantastic guest today, Colin. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good. Fantastic. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Colin is an incoming student. Yeah. Uh, to the medical school. And uh, let's see, we're end of June, beginning of July, so we have about a month to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's it feel? Uh, I thought I would know how it felt beforehand mm-hmm. thinking about it, but uh, the closer we get, the just this kind of mix of excitement, but also almost nausea of like this a uh, little bit of nervousness, but mm-hmm. uh, it's it's such a good feeling, you know, actually being here and mm-hmm. getting ready and Getting my life ready uh, has been really exciting. Okay, you're getting your affairs in order. We were, we were talking about yeah. that right before you came in. So, yeah, 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 getting my, my not house quite, already. It's not quite like death, but no. uh, yeah. <laughs> not quite. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, getting my relationship ready. Uh, I have a fantastic partner; mm-hmm. she's the best, and uh, kind of getting her ready for that transition into okay. medical school. So let's go back to the beginning. Like, when did you know you wanted to be a doctor? When did that kind of come into your mind? Uh, I would say there's actually a couple kind of points where I made it, the decision, you know, as a kid, like a lot of kids, I said, oh, I'm going to be a doctor, firefighter, mm-hmm. superhero, like uh, that combination. And eventually I lost the superhero and the, and the firefighter and doctor is the one that stuck. And uh, but as far as my adult life, actually making that decision, this is what I want to do as a career and a lifestyle and all of that um, actually came. Uh, I applied during my senior year, mm-hmm. my, during my undergraduate, I applied for admission at the U and uh, I wasn't able to get in that year to mm-hmm. the U. And um, so was, let's go back to that. So yeah. uh, how many schools did you apply to that first year? I actually applied to about 15 schools. Okay. Um, right. I got into two mm-hmm. and I didn't get into the U and that was really impactful mm-hmm. for me because I had a, my whole life. I'd been so blinders on. I'm going to mm-hmm. do this. I'm not going to take any breaks. I'm going to get done as quickly as possible. And we're going to go through going to be a doctor and, okay. and be done. But um, that, that first uh, rejection from the U mm-hmm. was really important because it was the first time in my life, really, well, in my adult life anyway, that I thought, you know, what are some other paths that I could take? Is mm-hmm. this the right path for me? Um, and I was able to do some exploring. It gave me the opportunity uh, to have a couple of jobs that I wouldn't have had if I had just gone straight into school. And I learned so much about myself. Um, and that really gave me the opportunity to choose. Like, mm-hmm. yes. It's true. This is what I want to do. I want to go to medical school. I want to be a good doctor. And that's one of the things that changed between my application cycles, actually, was mm-hmm. focused on being a doctor versus focused on being a good doctor, which awesome. I think is different. I did, not, I did not know you got into two other med schools. So was it hard to turn those two down? or Because um, generally, I tell people when they get in, they, they should go wherever they get in. Yeah. It's so hard to get in. Yeah. They, um, you know, I was able to defer at one of the schools. Mm-hmm. And so that was easier to say, you know, I'm going to take a year off. Um, reapply to the U and still have that school kind of has a safety. Um, but the reason I felt right doing that was that I looked at their educational standards and kind of 
what was important to them, and it mm-hmm. wasn't quite in line with what I thought was important. And from talking to the students there and talk versus talking to the students that have been going to the U and graduated from mm-hmm. the U Medical School, um, I just really thought that as far as my educational style, what I what I think is important outside of education really lines up with the U. Okay. And um, that was a really big reason, like I, I kind of mentioned, being a good doctor versus a doctor, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like the U Medical School was a great pathway to be the doc, the kind of doctor that I want to be. Okay, okay. So first year, applied to 15, got into two, but didn't get into the U. Yeah. Did some soul searching, deferred, turned down one of the schools, and then kind of walked me through what happened that ne- that next year. Did you do any more activities? Or did you kind of change your approach? It sounds like you changed your mindset. I did, yeah. yeah. Um, something that changed, and I actually did, uh, I applied a second time to mm-hmm. the U, and I only applied to the U that year because I even knew myself, you know, I don't think I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And that was that was almost harder than hearing from the U that, that I wasn't ready, you mm-hmm. know, realizing that I still wasn't where I felt like I needed to be okay. to start medical school. And so I applied to the U just to see uh, if I would get in this time. I did change a couple things and uh, um, and and I didn't. And I kind of I wasn't surprised that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I, I knew I wasn't ready. And well, why do you say that? I mean, what, what kind of I mean, was this something you felt that happened on your interview day or um. Well, the reason I felt that way was just uh, I I had been working at the University Neuropsychiatric Institute. Uni. Yeah, yeah uni mm-hmm. for a couple months. And I had grown more in a couple months at that job than I have, <laughs> a, uh, you know, in a whole year of education. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt like I... Another year there would mm-hmm. be amazing mm-hmm. uh, from for myself, and I loved the work I was doing there. Um, and what were you doing exactly? So I worked as a psychiatric technician. Okay. Uh, during my first year there, I was a what they call a float tech. I went to all the different units. We mm-hmm. they have acute units with you know active psychosis, active suicidal ideation, um, mm-hmm. you know those those kind of high acuity uh, mental health patients, as well as uh, the diff- other child units, adult units, mm-hmm. the detox units for substance abuse. Um, and then my second year, I w- went core on a unit, uh, the detox unit, okay. focusing more on substance abuse with less of the kind of other, uh, you know, less suicidal ideation, psychosis, that kind of stuff. Um, because addiction is just fascinating. And- How would you get interested in this job? I mean, I, did you just apply or, I mean, I, it's, it's a fascinating job. So, oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. I, uh, I was actually volunteering uh, here in the main hospital. Okay. We call it the big house over at uni. Okay. Um, and... I was a program called the HELP program, stands for Hospital Elder Life Program. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nancy's kind of the one that runs it and interacts with volunteers. And she saw me working with some of the patients there. And uh, it's focused on uh, hospital-induced delirium, the Mm -hmm. HELP program is. And she thought that my working style and my work ethic would be really helpful to uni. And she encouraged me to apply, and Mm -hmm. I did, and uh, interviewed with, uh, Mike Sanchez, one of the nurse managers there, mm-hmm. and he felt that uh, the experience of the health program would, would would do me well there at uni, and that's kind of how I got started there. So what's the difference between what a psych tech does at uni and a nurse, just for people who don't know what that looks like? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the way the unit's set up, it's a little bit different than like you how you think of like a hospital unit. It's a mm-hmm. beha- behavioral health unit, and there's usually about two nurses there. Uh, one's kind of the charge nurse, kind of uh, making sure everything's running smoothly, kind of the head of the show. Uh, and then there's a med nurse giving out meds and then techs kind of do a lot of the, it's kind of a mix of like CNA, uh, 
almost a little bit, very minimal, like ther- therapist there. You're there to interact with the patients. You're doing kind of the th- stuff you would imagine a tech would do, taking vitals, okay. uh, making sure meals are being eaten, you know, helping people with meals, stuff like that. But you're also just there on the front lines, eyes and ears for the doctors there. Mm. The, you know, we, we chart on what our interactions with the patients, how we think they're doing, you know. Do you do groups? Did you lead any groups? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, okay. we, we, I did have the opportunity to lead a lot of groups. Okay. I, uh, I, one of my favorite groups to lead was uh, on a uh, idea called urge surfing, which is kind of this idea. Urge surfing? Yeah, urge surfing. Okay, and, wow. Uh, I'm from San Diego originally, and so, you know, it, it, it snagged me because I love to surf. I, I love the ocean. Okay. Um, and that vi- that visual, and uh, I'll kind of go into the details uh, of the urge surfing just really quickly. It's the idea that, you know, we have these urges, whether, you know, in behavioral health, it's self-harm, uh, drug drug use, things like that. We have these urges that come to us, and our instinct is to either give in to them or to fight them. And So for my urges, like, I want to go to Five Guys for lunch today. <laughs> uh, I, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might do that. I have an urge not to eat healthy. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, it, you know, and, yeah. and so I think and, it could work for a lot of different things. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and we laugh about that, but it's true. Yeah. It, you know, I, I use examples like food and mm-hmm. all, all the time in my groups. But uh, it's the idea that you don't have to fight because fighting an urge is exhausting. Mm-hmm. You know, and eventually a lot of times you're going to wear down and you're going to give in eventually. But urge surfing is this idea is that there's somewhere in between where you can accept the urge for what it is. And it's a really analytical uh, technique because mm-hmm. you you take you if you practice mindfulness, you take a breath and you try and observe what that how the urge affects your body, mm-hmm. how, what it feels like, really, really how it's affecting you, not just where it's coming, you know, where's the urge centered in, and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And it's really cool to um, to watch people try and practice that and like take this idea that has helped me personally. Like I uh, used it in my life, I've used it in my life a lot, and to see it. Uh, go on and help people is really, really mm-hmm. cool. So it sounds like it's almost like mindfulness, like being yeah. in the moment. Yeah, it's a type of mindfulness for okay, sure. And cool. uh, there's a, with a San Diego twist. With I a like, San Diego you, twist, you, and yeah. yeah, and you know, it's it really is. You, you and you get better at it. You know, it's like surfing. You you fall down sometimes, mm-hmm. but you start to get a feel for feel for the water, and mm-hmm. you understand. And as you become better at it, you're able to kind of ride out the urges, you know, more successfully. Yeah, all that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's great, Colin. Because when I think about, like, you know, when I talk to patients too, it's like similar dynamics. I kind of, you know, like, like I talk, I talk about anger a lot. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, everyone gets angry. I still get angry. You get angry. We all get angry. Mm-hmm. How, you know, and our goal is not to eliminate that emotion. Right. It's how you manage it. You awesome. know, what do you do with it? And yeah. for a lot of people, uh, their anger gets the best of them, and then mm-hmm. like they lash out either like verbally or physically, mm-hmm. and that causes problems. Yeah, I've got uh, a, I've yeah. got a concussion or two from my from my days at uni. Yeah, but uh, but you know how do you manage that that skill? And so what? what and so I'm a child psychiatrist. So what I've, a lot of things we do is like uh, family therapy, where we talk to families and teenagers mm-hmm. and kids, and and it's really powerful. And like you know, teenagers really want to get a lot off their chest, and they want to kind of say all this stuff. And <laughs> and I kind of tell them like, okay, you need to stay in the room. It's okay to be angry, but you cannot be raising your voice mm-hmm. and swearing and slamming doors. You need to keep it calm. Yeah. You know? And if you need to take a break and go for a walk, that's great. If you need to kind of punch a pillow, mm-hmm. that's good. It's better than punching a person. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I love this. Urge surfing. I'll have to use that next time. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. And I can explain it better. if I, I have a little cheat sheet in groups, but <laughs> okay. I'll, I could explain it better yeah. with that. <laughs> you didn't know I was going to ask you about that. All right. So second year you applied. You uh-huh. felt you weren't ready. Yeah. Um, and I, I got some really great feedback mm-hmm. uh, from the office kind of the pre-professional office mm-hmm. uh, down at the main campus okay. they gave me some really good feedback do you mind sharing what some of that was if you can remember yeah, yeah. um i 
uh, this doesn't come through the uh, the podcast, I don't think. But I'm a fairly bouncy person. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't take myself very seriously very often. But something that I got as feedback from them was that I needed to take myself more seriously. You know, mm-hmm. as as a physician, you need to be able to be seen as someone who's reliable, who knows what they're talking about. And um, while I think it's important to to be yourself, it's also important to have that professionalism mm-hmm. and and carry yourself in a way that is it will be respected. And uh, that's something that I incorporated a lot: is how can I how can I still be myself, my kind of bouncy self, but how do I make that professional? Mm-hmm. And how do I sh- how do I show my future patients that uh, I'm I am a serious person and that uh, you know their health is important to me and I'm going to do everything I can to help them. Okay. All right. So that sounds like it was just kind of more of a tone that you needed to change in your, yeah, yeah. In your demeanor and your application. I yeah. Guess. And, yeah. It, and it really helped me change my perspective too. Um, okay. And again, working, working at uni um, did that as well. Like I, I was interacting with patients and doctors and I was seeing their interactions and I kind of see what I saw as successful and what I saw as maybe less successful that could be tweaked. Okay. Um, and I incorporated that as well. All right. So, um, kept on working at uni. Yeah. Were you doing any other activities during that second yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, a really big change from my first to my third year, kind of that two-year process, was um, at the beginning, I was doing every everything the way I thought it should be done. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what I think is going to look good to the U. This is what I think, you know, they're going to like me to say, all of that. Um, but during that, after that second application cycle, I really w- thought to myself that I need to be doing what I think is important and uh, there's a way, I think, to bridge that gap of, okay, this is important to them. This is important to me. And wh- where's that in the middle where I can still do what I think is important, you know, serve a population that, I, that I'm passionate about, uh, but still, you know, have it applicable to my application. Um, I started volunteering at the Utah AIDS Foundation. Oh, cool. Um, and they serve a lot of, you know, they're, they're focused on uh, – Mainly patients with HIV, mm-hmm. um, and you know those medications can be so expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you never want someone to have to make that choice of you know making rent, food, yeah, rent, food, rent, rent or, or medicine, med. yeah. yeah, especially with something you know so so serious. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they have a lot of really good services. Mm-hmm. I am a huge fan of the Utah AIDS Foundation. I've used their services. So, would myself. you work with patients to kind of procure medications? Um, so that, that was part of it. I, mm-hmm. I was in kind of two major roles there. Okay. Um, I helped with their kind of public outreach. Mm-hmm. Um, HIV is actually on the rise in Salt Lake Valley. At least mm-hmm. it was a year ago uh, okay. when I started working there. And kind of that outreach and public information, you know, disseminating public information to everyone. And uh, so just awareness. Yeah, awareness yeah. of yeah. it, that, that this is still something, you know, everyone kind of I think a lot of people have forgotten about it. You know, oh, that's not a problem anymore. But mm-hmm. it is. It's, it's still it's still a problem. But um, so we would do the marches that, you know, we marched in the pride parades mm-hmm. and gave out flyers and talked to people about it. And as well, I helped at the with the uh, the STD testing. They mm-hmm. have uh, depending on your circumstances, they have the opportunity to have free STD testing, mm-hmm. which is really important. You know, it's important to be informed about your body in lots of different ways, not just like physical health, going to the doctor. But, you know, you need to make sure that all, all you know, mental, all of you are mm-hmm. healthy and uh and so that was really cool. And then another uh, volunteer opportunity that I was a part of was uh, the Utah Food Bank. Oh, cool! And that another another something I think I'm really passionate about is you know no one needs to be hungry mm-hmm. in this country. You know we I feel like we're at a place where we can we can feed everyone. And the Utah Food Bank I think is a really good 
uh, organization. They work really hard to get people not just not just canned. You know, they have a lot of the canned food, but not just canned food, but you know that healthy, nutritious, yeah. some of that fresh yeah, food. Fresh and food. I was, yeah. that, that was a really that was a really cool experience, and that was I was checking people in who were, you know, able to come into the food bank, making sure that. Uh, you know, it's right the person using it, the right, and helping them go through and actually make the nutritious choices. You know, walking through the grocery store, the little grocery store they have, and uh, you know, helping them make educated choices, and that mm-hmm. was really really cool. That's awesome! Wow, Colin, it sounds like so. It sounds like you just really grew as a person during yeah. during that time. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I uh, and then you know, I have to ask, like mm-hmm. looking back, did you ever? Kind of say, oh, I regret not going to those other medical schools. No, did that, that ever enter your brain? No, no not no. even a little bit. Okay. Um, well, okay, <laughs> that's not entirely true. After the se- after the second application to the U, yeah. and, and I didn't get the acceptance, even though I was kind of prepared for that, it was still like, you know, if I had started at mm-hmm. that other school, I'd be a year in, I'd mm-hmm. be two years in, whatever it was. Okay. All right, but uh, I and I really believe this. I don't, I don't think I would have been in a good place to be learning all that information. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have been ready. And so mm-hmm. I'm grateful. Uh, I didn't feel it at the time, but I'm grateful for those rejections. Okay. From the U. Well, that's, that's very beautiful for you. To say. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about third time. Okay. So yeah. you, you made a strategic decision and I want to hear, like, I want you to talk about it yeah. because we brought a new program back mm-hmm. and we, we sort of advertised it, but again, we, this program had been dormant for many years. We had uh-huh. it like 15, 20 years ago. Oh, okay. So, I didn't know. Yeah. So, and this is the first year we brought it back. So talk about your, your, your yeah. strategy, I guess. Yeah. I believe you're talking about the early decision program. Yeah. EDP. Yeah. yeah. EDP. And, uh, I am a huge fan. Okay. Uh, very glad you brought it back. Sure. I feel like it gave me the opportunity to show the University of Utah that I'm very serious mm-hmm. about my education, that I'm very serious about coming to the U, that my... That I really believe that I kind of mentioned this earlier, the standards of education and learning and, you know, their focus on community outreach and bridging that gap between, you know, this medical school population and the general population, bridging that gap and interacting mm-hmm. um, shows that that's all really important to me. And if I were to, you know, the whole idea is that if I were to get accepted, I'm going to go there. Yeah. And that is I, I read about it. I remember reading about it as okay. I was applying that third time. And so the pre-med like, office didn't tip you off. You kind of found it yourself. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was okay. reading through reading through the admissions website and mm-hmm. uh, kind of stumbled upon it myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, reading about it, and I, I, I did a lot of googling. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. as any good student should. Yeah. Do lots of it's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, reading about the pros and cons, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, the cons to me were just nothing. Yeah. So let's talk about it. So yeah. the pros are. I mean, so taking a step back, mm-hmm. you're you're held to the exact same standard and criteria. Right. As people who are not in the EDP. Right, right. It's not easier or anything yeah. to get in. Uh, and the I think I, – I should know this, but the dates are the same at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, applications open up June 1st. You can right. start submitting them July 1st. You know, so that's the same. But, like, the calendar is drastically moved up for yeah. the EDP. So yeah. You, all right. So what are the pros and cons from from, from your perspective? So, so from, my, from my perspective and from what I was reading, you know, the pros I, I mentioned, it showed you showed to you that I was serious about my yeah. application there. That uh, Because a lot of people say, oh, you know, use my number one choice. Mm-hmm. I want to stay here. I want to mm-hmm. be here. 
this makes you put your money where your mouth is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can tell every school that you interview at that, oh, yeah, this is my number one choice. I would, you know, you give me an acceptance, I'll definitely come here. Yeah. But uh, the EDP is a way for them to know that, that you're serious. Yeah, you know, yeah. you, you're, it's, you know, that. But you're locked in to only applying yeah. to the U. You cannot yeah. apply to any other programs. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, another pro is that if you, if I, if you were not to be accepted to the early decision program, um, I believe you're still, you're still, still considered the yeah. for the pool at that school. And you're also able to open up your application to other schools. Yes. Yeah. We'll release your application. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, as, as during my third application cycle, one of the reasons I was comfortable doing that is yes, I was a hundred percent. I wanted to go to the U. Um, but I was also at a point in my life where I felt like I was ready to start medical school. Okay. And so, you know, in the, in the scenario where I wasn't accepted to the U, I was going to apply to other schools and probably get, I was, I'm ready to get started on sure. that, that phase of my life. Mm-hmm. And so it was a really good choice. Like, okay, going to the U, but you know, small chance I don't get in. Uh, I can still apply to other schools and okay. start my journey. So in the risk benefit analysis, it was worth the oh, risk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And also the huge plus is, and I was going to ask you about this. Mm-hmm. You find out before October 1st, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you found really out really early that yeah. you got in. I think I found out in September. Yeah. End of I, September. Yeah. yeah. Which is so really like, yeah, awesome. let's talk about that. How did that feel? How does it feel? You know, you've gone almost an entire year mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. knowing that you got into med school here. So yeah. What's that like? It's been, you know, it's actually been a little bit more mixed than I thought. I mm-hmm. thought it would be all good. You know, I'll have mm-hmm. a whole year to get ready, everything. But, you know, as soon as I got that acceptance, I was just so excited. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to just jump in. Yeah, that, you wanted to run through much. the walls right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and so it, it's almost a mixed bag, like, where I'm excited. I really want to get started. But I've been waiting to get started for so long. But, yeah. you know, and that, that's, that's okay, though, because mm-hmm. it has given me an opportunity to – uh, I've known for a long time, so I've gotten a lot of my affairs in order, and I've gotten uh, a lot of opportunity to do some traveling, mm. uh, which has been really great. I think that's so important. And uh, it's so like, another advantage of the EDP is you didn't have to spend money applying to other programs or right, traveling to right. them to interview. And I mean, so my, it's a huge cost saver yeah, on, I, on I a certain spent, level. I spent thousands of dollars my first year yeah. applying, and this, you know, I, I just applied to the U, and it, it saved me a ton of money. And like, yeah, the, I don't think <laughs> I would travel. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. We wouldn't have been able to do the traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, oh gosh, but I remember. Uh, I don't know if you remember the phone tag that we kind of had. Yeah, you were difficult to get a hold of. I think I talked to your mom at one yeah, point. Yeah, I'm really sorry I love about talking that. to parents. Like, yeah, the, yeah, the parents are, are – they're usually – I can tell they're like trembling and they're slash crying slash happy. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and you know, I've learned over the years. I just say I, – I, I, when I say really nice things about their sons or daughters, uh-huh. that goes a long way because yeah. like, parents love that stuff. That's like, oh, yeah. that's like catnip for parents. Yeah, they <laughs> it, love that it is, stuff. Especially yeah. those three words that you said, yeah. were that, trembling, happy, tearful. Yeah. That, yeah. that describes my mother yeah. in a nutshell. And I think yeah. she's the one that you talk and, to. And yeah, it's the strange thing that I've, again, I've done this long enough that moms, you know, like moms can track down sons or daughters like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I see uh, my mom calling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, sons, like when you see your mom call, you're like, okay, mom's calling. You pick up. Like, yeah. for some reason, like, it's not as strong with dads. Dads <laughs> can't really kind of pierce wherever their sons or daughters are on this planet. Yeah, but moms yeah. can usually <laughs> cut through the fog and find yeah, someone. It's yeah, it's really so, true. You know, yeah. I, I actually interviewed with a good friend, this, uh, a good friend of mine the same day we had, mm-hmm. uh, we had the interview. And I saw her post on Facebook uh, near the end of September, like, "Oh, I got accepted into the U." And I saw that, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't get a call yet. I wonder. I wonder if they're doing like the acceptance calls today and the not." Was that the day of, or so that was the day before I talked okay. to you, okay. and uh, I didn't hear anything that day. And I was like, kind of getting myself ready for that, mm-hmm. you know, moving on to that next application cycle step of mm-hmm. you know applying to other schools. And uh, I remember being kind of bummed out, but then my mom called me the mo- the next morning and said. 
I'm so sorry. I got a voicemail from someone from your school. They really need to talk to you. Do your best to get a hold of them. Like, and I was like, oh, what That's have right. I done? Remember, I left a message. And, and that was I, actually yeah. Friday. Yeah. And so I had to wait the weekend. And, oh, and we I'm finally sorry. got, no, that's okay. That's okay. It's my own fault. But I, I, I was finally able to uh, get hold of you. And he actually called my mom again. And she gave you my number. Yeah. And she, and then you called that, me. Let's remember. Like, yeah, there was some confusion about your number and where yeah. you were exactly. Yeah, our so numbers are one off. And so it's kind of, anyway. Yeah. But uh, and then she called my partner right after she got off the phone with you. And so we were having that conversation and mm-hmm. my partner was talking to my mom on the phone. And, and I was traveling. I remember I was up in Idaho. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think that's why I might have been delayed. So oh, yeah. Yeah, I had to get on an airplane. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I've called people before. Uh-huh. I've been sitting in airports and there's like, <laughs> you know, that noise in the background. Like, uh-huh. Don't leave your bag attended. Uh-huh. You know, that's been blaring. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. So I try to track people down. So, yeah. yeah. Well, no, you did it. You did a great job. I, okay. Sometimes I can be hard to track down. I promise yeah. to fix that. <laughs> yeah, Colin, I'm getting, the, I'm getting the picture that you just disappear and go fight crime <laughs> and, and do good and Uh-oh. help people. I should probably go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, man, uh, I remember that call. I'd kind of talked to myself, especially after kind of hearing that the friend that interviewed the same mm-hmm. day had already got the acceptance. Mm-hmm. I'd kind of started talking my, like, oh, I don't want that acceptance that bad. I'll be okay either yeah. way. But I remember you called and you said, how yeah. would you like to start? Yeah. I just fell to my knees and it was just like, it yeah. really hit me all at once. Like, yeah. I did want this really bad. Like, it really came rushing in. Oh. Well, Colin, I'm, I'm really excited that you're here. And like, you know, I love my job. The hardest part of my job is, is like, we just don't have enough positions. Mm-hmm. We have far more qualified people mm-hmm. than we have positions. And it's, you know, it's really hard because I know a lot of reject like we have far more people who don't get in who are rejected mm-hmm. than do get in right and, and the numbers are just staggering i mean um you know the past few years we've had close to four thousand people apply wow. for a class size of 125 wow. and, and you, you just do the numbers and it's so competitive and mm-hmm. so you know i'm glad you kept on plugging away i'm glad you kept on improving not i mean you know improving your application but improving yourself mm-hmm. um and you know like what we're seeing nationally i think all the medical schools uh i've seen this is that the the average age of someone coming to medical school has slowly been rising. You mm-hmm. know, people are taking gap years after they graduate. People are pursuing other careers or doing other things. Um, and I think I think that's really beneficial to a certain degree because, as you said, like people are coming in kind of knowing more who they are and yeah. what they want to be. And as you said, you want to be a really good or great physician. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, with this past couple of years, especially with your work at Uni, the Utah AIDS Foundation, the Food Bank. I think that really gives you these like unique experiences and skills that will be really helpful in medical school. So I guess that's my perspective. So yeah. what, what do you think? I, no, I, I appreciate mm-hmm. I appreciate that perspective, and I, I would definitely agree with it that um, I've been able to interact with a lot of a lot of different people within the medical field. You know, and I've as I remember uh, after I got in, I talked with all my they're all so proud of me mm-hmm. uni. I, they're like my second family and yeah. i appreciate them all my charge nurse sharon she's great and and they're also excited for me but well that begs yeah. my question then are you gonna try to work during medical school so i actually uh the official policy is is you're not supposed to right but as long as you keep your grades up uh-huh no one's gonna say anything right and so uh but, I, but it's really stressful yeah so, yeah and so i've actually kind of I hope this is okay. I don't know if we've talked about this. Yeah. I hope that, uh, I, my manager over uh, at uni, her name is Cheryl, and mm. she's fantastic, uh, really wants to get to know her employees as people and ne- get to know what they need, and I've really appreciated that. 
And so we had our employee review about a month ago, and I was talking with her and told her that I wouldn't be able to work during medical school. You know, I can't have any sort of uh, scheduled shift because mm-hmm. I need to be able to throw my my whole my whole self into this, and mm-hmm. I want I, I, and I'm going to do that. Um, and she kind of brought this, so I, I thought my options were you know continue working part or full time there, and you know kind of split my time between that and med school or. Uh, or not work and focus solely on medical school. But she kind of brought this third option to the table where I'm able to work PRN. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if there's maybe during one of the breaks that we have, or if there's a weekend after a test where I don't have a lot of, as much studying to do potentially that there's this opportunity for me to call in and, and still work, you know, get some shifts. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But there's no, the, the benefit to, for me for that is that there's no scheduled shifts. I have no obligation, mm-hmm. but if I have the time, I'm able to go and I, I get a certain fulfillment from, from working and feeling like it's going to sound a little selfish, but I love to feel like I'm helping people mm-hmm. and I hope that doesn't come, come across the wrong way, but it, it's really, uh, it brings me a lot of satisfaction and uh you know working at uni has been so fantastic and i'm i'm really excited to be going there every yeah once in a while. yeah we've noticed more and more people are working there and applying to medical school really in my dark mind i think that might be because i'm a psychiatrist <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> or okay. the fact that they're just growing and expanding yeah and uh mental health is being less stigmatized and mm-hmm. a lot of people are needing help and yeah. i mean they opened up a whole new wing but uh, or maybe it's just easier to get a job there than other places mm-hmm. i don't know i don't did you look at other tech jobs or i did you did know you? i was at the time when i was volunteering for that help program i was looking at tech jobs within the main, you know the, the main hospital and other clinics and stuff mm-hmm. like that um but what drew me to uni actually was that you know there is a lot of stigma still, to, you know, it's gotten so much better. And mm-hmm. I would say even in just the past five years, so much better, but there still is a little bit of that stigma behavioral health. Oh, that's not, mm-hmm. that's not as serious as physical health. But, um, that's what really drew me is I realized I didn't know a lot about mental health and I felt like that was a part of, uh, part of me that I could grow and going there. It's been amazing. Mm-hmm. I've been able to work on my own, you know, brought to like my own issues yeah. within mental health, which yeah. has been great to be able to work on. And as I tell people, we're all a little broken. Yeah. 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 We're all a little broken. A yeah. little broken. Yeah. That, that, I love that yeah. because it's, uh, you know, some people might like, Oh, broken, but that, it's true. You know, we're all broken and we're trying to do our best yeah. to, to be our best selves and fix mm-hmm. ourselves. But mm-hmm. you know, we're all in it together. We're all yeah. a little broken. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Well, Colin, this has been fantastic. Yeah. Last question. Okay. Uh, San Diego weather. Is that hard? Do you miss it? Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, How'd you end up in Utah? Oh yeah, that's that's great. So San Diego weather ended up in Utah. So uh, my my teenage years I spent in Oceanside, California. It's as beautiful as it sounds. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've been there. That's yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, I the U wasn't even on my radar to be honest. But my dad graduated from the U, mm. and so did his father. Oh, and so I'm a third generation. You know, we do the triple U, and the triple it doesn't U. come across as, yeah. the, as I'm doing it. Yeah, um, but uh, and so I I talked with him about his experience going here, and you know how grateful he was that he ended up going here. I was deciding mainly between you know the U and UCSD. Okay. Um, ended up coming to the U, and I'm like, you know, I'll do four years at the U, go back to San Diego as fast as possible because <laughs> what is this snow? The summers are so hot like oh, yeah. seasons san diego is gorgeous yeah. yeah it's just perfect you know 73 yeah it's perfect like, all you, you know back. it has tr- 
bad traffic, but not as bad yeah. as L.A. Yeah. So, you know, it's like it's all, all the good things about L.A., mm-hmm. but less people, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'll be honest. I, I miss the weather. I miss the ocean. Oh, yeah. I, 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 like I mentioned earlier, I, I love to surf. So much fun. There's, there's no other sport where the field is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Um, but, you know, I came to Salt Lake. I came to the U, and I just fell in love. Mm-hmm. I, it's a beautiful valley. The people are amazing i feel like i found my people yeah like my family away from home did you so did you live in the dorms or yeah okay. yeah i did okay. i lived in so the- i know that you over the years has mm-hmm. been known to be a commuter campus but they're trying to create more dorm life and i know the dorm is that the, they've been expanded yeah There's more and more students oh yeah there. i think that if people are in the right place in their life i think everyone should try and go to the dorms mm-hmm. if they can at least for a year it was such a great experience i actually lived there for three out of my four years of my mm-hmm. undergrad i was a residential advisor there. yeah good old ra I, yeah, yeah. I, I loved living on campus so much i'm uh-huh. like ah is there a way i can get paid to do this yeah um, and i mean they didn't pay me but they did let me live there and feed me so you know, yeah that was I, good. I was an ra you know oh. multiple places and awesome. the bane of my existence was people getting locked out of their door oh our door I, I hated it so bad so we like all ras have like this master key right you know and i'm under the opinion now that people like don't even bother to bring their keys when they go <laughs> my, to the oh, cafeteria i'll just take care yeah. of it <laughs> so i remember once we had to impl- like we were seriously talking about like a three strikes like you're out policy yeah. that's the third time you asked the ra to unlock you and i'm talking you know I, you know i don't mind doing it once in a while, but when like you know, we were waking up all hours of the night, like at three in the morning, you know, get a knock on the door. Hey, yeah. hey I got locked out. Can I get the key? Like, so uh, like like so like the third time, it's like a five dollar charge. Uh-huh. The fourth time, we like twenty dollars. You know, okay, yeah, we never great. got we never got to implement that because oh, you know bad. just just enforce it, not yeah. all these like rules. But like I just remember, but yeah, I remember. I love being an RA. It was just you know because you you help out the residents. It's kind of like being a psych tech. You know, yeah. like you celebrate their. You know, the highs, you kind of help them through the lows. Yeah. You plan really cool activities. Yeah, I remember we got we got all this, you know, we got we, – so we had money assigned to us every year. And mm-hmm. then, like, we had a bunch of it left over at the end of the semester. Right. If you don't spend it, you, you, you know, you don't get – it doesn't, like, track to the Yeah, it doesn't roll over. So I remember we had enough that we went out and, like, like rented out Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, that's so – oh, that's <laughs> yeah. such a great yeah. idea. Yeah, and then, like, you know, everyone – you know, and like all these college kids just lost their minds. You know, oh, they had yeah. so Are much you fun, yeah. you know, like the tokens and the dancing robots and the, the questionable pizza. Yeah, it was yeah. a really good experience. So, oh, yeah. No one loves questionable pizza more than undergrads. <laughs> well, kids like, oh, you know, they're not there for the pizza. So, so cool. All right. Well, Colin, it's been great. Yeah. Uh, thanks for on. having me. I'm excited you're starting in a few weeks and we'll have to have you come back yeah. in about a year or so. Yeah. We'll do, get an update. Do you mind if I make a, just a quick shout out? To sure. My, uh, there are three people. My, my mom and dad are so supportive. I was texting them just before this that I was a little nervous. And oh, so God. much What's to be nervous about. I know, yeah, I yeah. know. So much affirmation from them. So okay. I wanted to thank them and my partner as well. Just okay. Sorry. All right. Thank you. Does your partner have a name? Hannah. Hannah. Okay. Hannah Christensen. Hannah. She, she, give a shout fantastic. out to Hannah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. Well, I hope uh, Hannah and your uh, folks get to listen to this. And, yeah. Uh, do I get to meet them at White Coat? It's, yeah, yeah. Okay. All, all three I'll of them are planning coat. on coming, even with that awesome eclipse. You know, right. it was a hard decision. No, I but know. I know. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thanks, Colin. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.